What up, what up? Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome to Savvy Saturdays. Are we out here? We out here. We out here. Savvy Saturdays, a wealth, wealth series. Talking about teaching you how to make some money and avoiding scams. This is Nate Talbot, Executive Director of Detroit Blockchain Center. And with me, I have my engineer, producer, Supreme. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. This is Chandy Chan <laughs> on the one and two. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. So if we listen in live, this is our brand new um, web series, right? Talking about, uh, like I just said, how to make money and avoid scams in crypto. How are you feeling about that? I'm ready to learn more about it. They're ready to learn more about it. <laughs> All right. Well, the reason we're doing this is we're getting ready to come into the uh, blockchain, crypto, Bitcoin, four-year market cycle. Right? And so what that means is uh, if you're an investor or you're doing um, any other kind of financial incentive type things inside of crypto, this is what we call the market where you, the bull market, where you start to make a lot of money. Um, those opportunities are out there, um, but everywhere there's money, there's also scams. Right? And so sure. crypto gets a really bad rap for all of that. <laughs> and a lot of that's because we, um, you end up uh, letting greed, right? That's the thing, yeah. And that greed ends up driving um, malicious use and people get taken advantage of, lose their money, and then they blame the ecosystem versus blaming, you know, the scammers. Um, they always find a way to get in. They're always trying to find a way to get into something. <laughs> so with this podcast, what we're looking to do is, A, this is a live, it's a hybrid live plus a live stream. Right, so if you're in the Detroit area, you can come on down to Detroit Motor City Brewing Works, the Livernoise Tap Room. We're here live, broadcasting for about an hour or two, um, talking investments, talking how to avoid scams. So come on down. You can get in on the conversation live, or you can, if you're watching us live on the YouTube, you can drop something in the chat. We're sort of monitoring the chat. <laughs> so I can answer your questions right there as well. Uh, matter of fact, let me pull that up. All right, because now I can see all of that. All right. So today, what we're going to be um, focusing on is um, L1s versus DAPs, an investment thesis. All right. Have you ever heard of L1s, Chan? No. All right. Have you ever heard of a DAP? No. All right. Have you ever heard of uh, Ethereum? Yes. I hate you talking about that. All right. <laughs> Have you ever heard of, hmm, I know you're new. Have you ever heard of Dogecoin? No. No? So. Oh. All right. We're just uh, working through some technical stuff here. <laughs> All right. I think we uh, think we're good there now. We set. Things sounding good. Not giving any feedback loops. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so you've heard of Ethereum, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, right? Um, you also have things like uh, 
Ave, um, Chainlink. Um, there's a whole slew of other different crypto assets, right? Some of these are meant to be like L1s. They're meant to be like infrastructure. So if you think of like the internet, right? You have, um, you'll have like your your ISP, which would be like your Comcast or Warner Cable or whoever your cable company is. They're the ones who like lay down. You have all the wiring, the infrastructure. Um, there's this thing called TCP/IP, which is what allows the computers to talk to each other. Right? All stuff that's abstracted away. Users don't see any of that. And then you have the web, right? And that's where you have like Facebook and Google and X and everything else, Amazon, all these other uh, protocols, right? So those would be more like applications. Okay. Right? So you have infrastructure, which is basically your wires and how things sort of connect, and you have your um, applications, which is the stuff people use every day. Yeah. Right? Um, so you have the same thing when you talk about blockchain, right? And when people are in doing investments, they're often told to do their own research, right? Go do your own research before you do something. But if you don't really know what you're researching, it's sort of hard to do research, right? That's true. Um, I can go do my own medical diagnostic, but I don't know anything about medicine, so I don't know where to begin. What's yeah. true, what's not, what's a scam, what's whatever. Yeah. Um, so the idea of today's episode is doing more of let's analyze some infrastructure versus apps let's talk about what the difference is we can take a look we'll look at a couple charts see sort of historically what's performed well what hasn't performed well so when people want to uh, as the bull market ramps back up you know if history repeats itself we should be looking at another hype cycle where everybody starts talking about whatever their favorite uh, crypto coin is all of a sudden their meme coin We'll start seeing that maybe in the next 12 months, 18 months, right? Okay. Um, which aligns with like the Bitcoin halving, which is part of the infrastructure piece. You ever heard of that, the Bitcoin halving? No, I haven't heard about that. Nothing. All right. <laughs> so Bitcoin halving every four years, part of the protocol, part of the infrastructure of Bitcoin is it issues um, a new supply, right? Uh, issues um, for the miners, people who are sort of securing the blockchain, it'll give them free Bitcoins for okay. doing all that work, right? They have to consume a bunch of energy to validate a block, make sure everything on the chain is legit. Um, now, are they able to use, I'm sorry, are they able to use it right away? No. Or is it just stored? Yep, it's, it's they get it, hey. We uh, got some people coming into the live. Uh, so again, if you're in Detroit, come on through. Um, yeah, they uh, they have to hold on to it for a certain amount of blocks, right? Okay. They're not allowed to instantly spend it. Um, so right now, this year, it's 6.25 Bitcoin. So every time a miner wins a block, they get 6.25 Bitcoin. Okay. Then they can hold on to that as long as they want to. As um, long as it's just the three blocks. Well, once it's, I think it's something like a thousand blocks, they have okay. to hold it. Um, so they're holding it for a few days, that way we can confirm that their block was valid. Okay. Then they can do whatever they want to. They can send it to their own wallet, or a lot of times, because the energy they have to pay for is people price that in dollars. They want dollars for it, right? So they'll sell the Bitcoin to get dollars, and then they'll get... Um, use those dollars to pay for their energy their infrastructure their electric and whatnot 
Um, yeah. So we use that, and that's sort of how the infrastructure in Bitcoin is part of the infrastructure piece, right? Um, there's other things, so maybe you're into NFTs and crypto or something, right? Um, you've heard of NFTs. Yes, I'm sorry. Yep. All right, we got a, we got a, we got somebody new hopping on. Hey, hey, long time. Hi. The queen. How are you? I'm doing all right. Let me get my. I'm over here snacking on chicken. <laughs> get that out the way. <laughs> but there's more over there, so you welcome to it. Yeah. All right, and we got our young audience in the background. <laughs> getting in. May I have been seeing you since the whole um, big lawsuit Well, it's not. interesting you put it as a win, but yes, it wasn't a loss. It was not a loss. It that was, was not a loss, and it must be a win. Mm -hmm. I haven't saw you. you. We haven't seen each other in yeah. forever, which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Let the world know who we're talking to. Hi, guys. I am Tia Black, um, actress, podcaster. Um, hello, host. I'm here. Hey, guys. You're everything. Yes. <laughs> right. So if you're listening and you're not sure what we're talking about, we're... Um, we haven't seen each other in a while, ever since um, the SEC had its case against XRP. They're trying to claim uh, XRP was issued as a, as a security mm -hmm. and still is being issued as a security. That's what the uh, claim of the SEC is. And the judge in the case has determined there's definitely not enough evidence to show it's a security and that the case that the SEC made as far as particularly, I believe, and this is what the big win part was, is around the fact that um, issuance of a token in and of itself, especially on a secondary market, does not um, construe a ca uh, investment contract, right? So you want to go buy some XRP um, and you want to buy it from Coinbase. Coinbase is not selling you a security. Coinbase isn't the issuer. Right, and you don't have any as the buyer. You were not thinking by buying XRP the token, you're going to have any kind of investment um, control in Ripple, the company who initially issued XRP. Right. 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 And that is a big win. You know yeah, what I mean? It was a big win for us. It was a long lawsuit. You know, it was a long case, and everyone was waiting. All the XRP holders. I mean, we were just waiting and waiting and extension after extension so um that was a win for us you yeah. know at that at that time no it is it's it's a strong win and it's you know every every uh every blow to the sec is a win for humanity yeah right <laughs> right you know and uh -huh. that's just it you know so I, I i feel like we all won with that one you yep. know the whole crypto world you know because who else would they come after right so Yep, yep. And and as you can see, here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Which which sort of aligns. So what we're talking about today is uh, um, L1s versus DApps, right? It's really about infrastructure versus applications. Okay. And sort of what you're talking about does align into that with the XRP case and all that because that comes down to, like, utility, right? What right. is the usage? Why are people buying all this? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this old thing, this whole investment thesis comes down to this thing called a fat versus thin protocol. Okay. You ever heard of that? I have not. I, I mean, maybe if you explain it to me, I can say, hey, but not off the rip. I can't. Right. So I fat protocols, and this isn't blockchain specific, right? This mm -hmm. uh, 
I, I first learned about it in regards to the internet in general. Mm -hmm. So the internet, as we were just talking about a little earlier, runs off like TCP IP, HTTPS, you have your www dot for the, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the website stuff. Yes. Um, that's all the infrastructure, right? The bare bones that make the internet work. Right. That's called the FAT protocol. Okay. And then you have all the applications and stuff built on top, your mm -hmm. Facebooks, PayPals, Googles, Amazon web servers, all of that stuff. Um, the things people interface with, that's called the THIN, the thin. protocol. Okay. So those are the applications. And the question is, where is money really derived from? Where, if you're going to invest into something, mm -hmm. are you, is it better to invest in the pipes that make up the infrastructure of the thing you're investing in? Mm -hmm. Or do you invest into the service or products that are being delivered? So in the case of the internet, do you invest in, um, the infrastructure, mm -hmm. the wires, maybe Comcast mm -hmm. or Time Warner, mm -hmm. whatever, or do you invest in the applications, PayPal, Facebook? Where are you m most likely to see a return? I think um, if I can just answer that from what I can see, um, it just depends on the type of investor you are. If you are a long-term investor, then you may want to invest in those, the, the fat um, part. You know, maybe that if you are a short term investor, then you hop on trends, then it may be easier for you to invest in Facebook while Facebook is going up, you know. So it just depends on the type of investor you are. All right. That's how I would answer that. I think I think that's definitely a huge, huge portion of it. And I think if especially as I bridge this over to crypto, yeah. that's key. Yeah. Um, with the Internet, it was sort of settled, right? Mm -hmm. The application layer wins. Yeah. You're better because... If you wanted to, have you even have you ever or ever heard of TCP/IP? I don't know. I don't know. Right. So you're definitely not investing into it, right? Right. Okay. So yeah, no, I, I haven't free, heard of it. It's free. It's mm -hmm. an open protocol. Mm -hmm. This is sort of what the internet was built off of. These free open protocols. And it's kind of stable. Like it's gonna be what it's gonna be, right? Right. But there's no there's no investment into that. You're investing in the things built on top. Mm -hmm. um, where now you can bring that over to crypto, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you have things like Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, even Dogecoin, yeah, yeah. Um, your layer twos <laughs> when you're going into the layer two world, so your, your Arbitrums, Optimisms, whatever. It is deep. <laughs> yeah. These are all core infrastructure um, tokens. And if you're going to, as an investor, you're going to put your money into it. Are you putting your money in there? Um, Anything we're going to assume, right, there's, with, with crypto, there are multiple purposes of crypto, right? Mm -hmm. um, the original purpose, you know, is like I tell people all the time, come for the riches, stay for the revolution. Oh, yeah. Right? The riches, oh, yeah. Are, the riches are great, but it's not really the point. It's really, to me, the least interesting point of it all. But it is a major point because we're in a brand new, um, we're in a brand new sort of uh, asset class building which means you can build generational wealth, something that um, only usually comes around once in a generation. Okay. And then for a whole breed of humans, never comes around because mm. it's only people who have access mm -hmm. get to benefit, right? right? So like with stocks, you think about stocks. I remember like when Facebook went public. Mm -hmm. Well, first they went public, but if it's going public, What's that infer, right? There was also a going private. Right. And they went private first, mm -hmm. raised a bunch of money, and then they, once they raised all that money, they take that into the stocks, 
and then they dump that on everybody. So when it goes public, it means the people who got in really early oh, yeah. at really cheap prices mm -hmm. get to dump it on you. Yeah. Right? That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Um, and then with other investment things like gold or real estate, um, there's a whole swaths of, again, humans mm -hmm. who don't have the option to buy real estate. Okay. Even if they have the money yeah. to buy it. Yeah. They can't buy it. They can't. They're not allowed, right? Mm -hmm. This is the revolution part of crypto, mm -hmm. right? You, mm -hmm. It's permissionless. Right. You don't need to ask. If you want some XRP, who do you got to ask? You just go and get it. You can just go get it. You just right? go and get if it. If you want Bitcoin, you can just go get it, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that's for how the long do you think? Would it be like this forever, mm -hmm. in your opinion? Depends on, well, that's sort of what we're talking about, right? That's, so now you have infrastructure versus application. Mm -hmm. And again, this is why what you were talking about when you first sat down with the SEC lawsuit. Mm -hmm. It's fundamental. XRP would be considered one of the infrastructure pieces. Yeah. It is a core chain. You can build on top of it. It's built to be a payment rail, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then if you wanted to, you could build businesses on top of that, right? right. It is infrastructure. Um, and the in investment thesis of that mm -hmm. is that demand for that token would go up because so much things get so many things get built on it and it gets used so much mm -hmm. supply and demand right that right. would outweigh the supply that would generate demand mm -hmm. driving the price up this is like how gold works yeah yeah i want to say so i'm jumping in here all right jump uh, on in so is it is it safe to say because i know I, I guess two points uh, the first one being going back to when you were talking about it being uh, more or less a, a revolution, right? You got mm -hmm. your generational thing, and then you got your <laughs> once in a lifetime for humans, right? Right? It's just something that this rarely happens. So yeah, I almost look at it as it's a it's a currency revolution, right? We're we're switching in to an entirely different system, and we're in that in between worlds part, mm -hmm. uh, or even like if you look back at. Uh, you can say the industrial revolution, right? Yeah. Or when now they're building railroads, you know, the trains are, are starting to become the, the hot thing right now. Right. And, but trains will be the currency and the railroad tracks will be more or less XRP. Yes. So now that the XRP, now, you know, XRP being uh, one of the foundations to the tracks that's being laid for the currency to be moved, for crypto to be moved. So now it's being spread across the country. So it's like, hey, yo, I'm invested in these railroad tracks because all the currency is going to be running on this, mm -hmm. you know, nonstop consistently. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, no matter what is on the train, no matter what train is on, and they can take and move trains on and off. Them trains might break down. Some of them trains might be there for forever. Right. But them tracks gonna them always tracks be there. Gonna they there. always That's gonna need good. them tracks. That was such Correct. a good analogy. It is a really good uh, analogy. That, that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny that the um, Brad Garland House, he is uh, the founder, um, and he actually says that like the train has already left. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So they, yeah, the they trains refer, are already. It, you know, the, the the tracks are there, and the train is going. You know, so we are closer than we ever been. Right. So right. Um, and so when you ask about like, well, can they stop it? So now the, the key thing when you come to the tracks now, right, with the, with railroad tracks, to stick with just that analogy, the problem with that kind of infrastructure is who owns the land that those tracks are built on, right? Now, if you have if you have land where nobody owns that land, mm -hmm. or everybody owns that land, so no one entity can come in and say you can't use it. There's no monopoly. Becomes, right now, that's something that can't be taken away. You can do that with tracks, physical tracks. But if you have a true decentralized, you know, crypto infrastructure like what blockchain and crypto provide, 
um, there is no there is no physical entity tied to it. Mm. Yeah. Right. I think there's a. It sounds like there is a. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, to me it just sounds like there is a fear of having decentralized currency or unregulated because <laughs> they it can't necessarily be as controlled as the currency that we have now in effect. This, uh, yeah. yeah, this is sort of key to the XRP thing, right? And we're going to talk about the XRP part, but this is currently today, the, there's multiple fractions within the U.S. government. Um, China has gone through this, you know, a few other countries go through it to try to, like, get rid of it. Sort yeah. of what you say, there's power in being able to print money. Um, and so when you take that away, it's not going to be an easy revolution, right? But then the, the question is, can you take it away, hmm. right? It's like, in America, we have that freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And so if in America, we have freedom of speech, that means someplace else, there might not, there must be a not freedom to speech, mm-hmm. right? Right. And that's something you can enforce. You, right, you can use social pressures and things and force people not to speak. But how do you enforce freedom of thought? How do you force can't. somebody not to think, right? Mm. Beyond indoctrination, right? You can't just take somebody yeah. and be like, don't think this. And that's and that's the fear. Because yes. it's like, right. okay, well, dang, we're losing the control. We're losing that stranglehold. We can't right. control this right. or they them with this. It. And so this yeah. is why the, the XRP win, when it comes to the on an infrastructure side, is so important because the case that the SEC was brought out generally was, and for the record, nothing here is investment advice. I'm not telling you to go buy XRP or Bitcoin or anything. Thing um, where some plebs hanging at a bar, drinking <laughs> water and beer and talking. And I am not a financial advisor. I am here to learn. By right. the way, I'm here to learn and discuss. Um, that is it. Right. <laughs> um, but that being said, yeah. So the, why XRP was fundamental as part of the government's case was that Ripple, the company, right? Mm-hmm. They were issuing a direct asset to people, and people who bought that asset were dependent on Ripple being um, producing work to extrude value and make the value of that XRP token rise. Okay. Um, the, the court decision, now it's not, the court case isn't over with, but what happened was the judge was just basically like the argument that if you decide to buy XRP tokens from not Ripple, because Ripple isn't really directly selling it to anybody right now, right? They own a bunch, but they're not selling it to people. They're not, you're going to have to buy it from Ripple. You're going to go to Coinbase or Kraken or some right. exchange and buy it. The argument is when you're buying that from Coinbase or whatever, you don't have an expectation from Ripple. And the court sort of agreed with that. There's no expectation for you for it to be some kind of investment contract. You would like, uh, this came from this, we won't get too deep into it, but it had to do with orange groves, right? It's like you, I own an orange grove field. I'm selling you a plot of land and I'm going to pay you um, a percentage of money based off how many oranges I sell off of the little plot of land I right. like license to you or whatever, right? Yeah. You're expecting your profits to come from me growing the oranges, selling the oranges, maintaining a healthy crop, doing all that. Your whole profit is based off of my work. Right. It's almost like gaining percentage points versus you going to just Walmart or right. Meyer and just buying some just oranges. Buying right. So that's a security if, if you're expecting that. So the argument is, is our XRP of security and the judge hasn't really ruled on whether or not XRP, the offering, original offering of XRP was a security, but he did rule, or she, I think it was a female judge, she ruled 
um, that when you go buy, if I own XRP and sell it to you, we're not trading, neither one of us has this expectation that the profit of that token isn't tied directly to the work Ripple does. They claim the, SA, the, the judge says the SEC didn't make a very strong argument in that part, so that sort of pushed out, but that was their whole case. So now they have a problem, and that's their whole case with everything they sort of go with in crypto, right, is uh, the buyers have this expectation. It's not really this decentralized thing, which is why I like that track thing you brought up is, is a good analogy, right, because exactly a, a good blockchain infrastructure is that track and then people build trains or other things to utilize the tracks on top. Where does the value come from, the track or the train? But in XRP, keeping on that, the problem now comes as an investor. If you are looking to, um, I don't like to consider it like buying with money to make more dollars using dollars because I think the dollars yeah, going to I crap. The, the value still relies on the trains being on the track. XRP just, okay, yeah, we just have tracks. That doesn't mean it's exactly. going to make money. It's, but if people want to put trains on it, great. Then, yeah, we'll make some money. But it's not, it doesn't mean anything. We right. just have tracks. Right. So is it more profitable than for you to put the money in the actual company, the steel manufacturers and the, the track layers who are actually laying the track? Or does it make more sense for you to put money in people building the cars that are utilizing the tracks, that are allowing people to travel over the tracks or transport goods over the tracks and XRP, Bitcoin, Ethereum, those are all tracks, right? But a lot of people are, a lot of people as an investment put money there with the, the mindset that no, the more that track gets used, the more demand for the tracks they're going to be, right? The higher that price will going to be. But that didn't pan out, let's say, for the internet. For the internet, there is no money really in the infrastructure. Very little infrastructure is even marketable, right? Um, all the money came from people building those cars, the PayPal's, the Facebooks, you know, yeah. all of them, Google. It just became a hub for transactions. Right. And so when you're going to invest into crypto, what is the thesis? So like you own, you're, you're a holder of XRP, one, at least one token. We won't, we don't disclose mounts and all that. I am. All right. So... Is that because you want to have access to a future financial track, right, infrastructure? Or is that because one day you think the purchasing power of that XRP will go up? Um, I think it's both for me. Um, I, it's a long-term investment. I believe that if I put my money here, it will eventually create some sort of generational wealth. Okay. Um, so it doesn't have to happen today. Of course, I would like it to, you know, but it is a long-term investment. I understand that. And um, so that's why I do both. I am a long-term investor, and I am a short-term investor as well. So, not I, you know, I like to hedge my bets. So, not only do I invest in the track, but I invest in the train that goes on the track as well. And, um, and that has been good. You know, it's been working well for me so far. So, I think... Um, you know, just I try to do both, really, because you never know. You know, you just never know. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, 
there's as long as there's trains you know then we're good. they're going to want a track yeah so uh, at, you know yeah. a part of the reason why i did start to invest in the track is because i started to see the trains jump on it you know yeah, there was a, a lot of there's a lot of trains you know? so um yeah, a lot so yeah so um i think yeah, the, yeah and they do come and go yeah. you know so it's just it's a risk like you know it's a gamble almost you know just like with everything else in life so it's you know it, it is what it is like i am hoping you know what i'm saying praying that this does pan out to be a really good investment but um if it doesn't i am investing in other things as well so you know it's all good um and that's one of the key things when it comes to those type of investments and how you know personally i would make those types of decisions matter of fact do we got can we share the screen um i can show something just let me know one more up up i think i'm set for display one maybe um so what i'm about to show is so when you're talking about investments right um i stopped saying the word dollar right i was talking about purchasing power because at the end of the day that's really what it's about right like dollars they make us think dollars are everything but you know this there's a quick quick buffer right what is inflation it's not when prices go up it's it's about when how much stuff you can buy for the money you have goes down i can buy less groceries for my dollar than i could three months ago right not just that prices went up yeah, the, value, the, the things I could buy with my dollar, dollar right? Not as much as it used and to be. three years ago, geez. Right, and three <laughs> years ago, exactly. <laughs> so when you're doing any kind of investment stuff, that's one of the things I sort of look at is um, what are the key areas people can invest in versus just holding their dollar, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you pay attention to, like, the dollar numbers at all, they just released the inflation numbers um, earlier this week. Um, it was like 3.8% inflation. Right. That's from last year. Right. Just, just. That's just from last. Well, that's just yeah. from like, what month are we in? September. That's from September last year to September this year. One year. Once you start doing that math, that's, that's just from September to September. That's not total that's, inflation. Yeah. It's really closer to now. We're closer to probably about 15 to 20% inflation. That's insane. Right, once you accumulate all of that. Because last month, it was 3.2%. Now, it's 3.18%, right? Um, and those are cumulative numbers. It just builds on stacks on top of each other. So it's about purchasing power. So there's going to be periods where holding a dollar is a good idea because you're able to buy more stuff for a dollar, right? That's called deflation. You'll see things go down. And really, the past 10 years has been that, right? Um, you could well you'd see inflation of dollars so you can buy less of something all the prices of everything went up yeah. But there's sometimes like right when the pandemic started in that first month all everything went down, right? Now it was a crash. It was a sell-off But that's because everybody was fleeing from these like stocks and crypto and all these other things and they were Retreating into a dollar to preserve their purchasing power okay. But then the government announced they were gonna start printing money well, supply and demand, right? It's like, well, if you're going to um, print money, that means the supply is going to go up, the demand is going to go down, and this thing I'm holding is going to be worth important. even less. Right. So So would you say in those, just me, me thinking, I don't mean to cut you off, no. in those moments when the value goes down in an odd way, that's actually the time to spend. Correct. 
You look for it as the old Warren Buffett thing, right? When there's blood in the streets, you buy. Yeah. It's really hard to do, but when everything looks like it's going to catastrophic hell, mm -hmm. that's when you take that purchasing power you have wherever it's at and convert it into things that are cheap that you think are going to bounce back, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, like you buy um, low, oil, sell high. Sell high. Right, right, right. Oil prices dropped down because everybody was forced to stay home globally. Mm -hmm. So they stopped supplying oil, oil prices were dropping. That was the time, not necessarily to, to invest into maybe oil companies like gas stations, mm -hmm. but oil producers. Yeah, because yeah, their price was dropping down. They're not, they're not selling. Yeah. But do you think oil was going to go away? No. No. So no. you hold on to that, and then when the when the demand comes back, like it is now, you got your the, that purchasing power goes up, and then you can take that those profits you made from that one asset and convert it into the next thing, mm -hmm. or whatever is the most stable thing, right? Um, for me, I look at Bitcoin being the most stable thing, right? When you look at some of the charts and whatnot, the um, over the past 12 years or so. For the most part, almost every year, Bitcoin has outperformed um, industries on an industry scale. It's outperformed real estate. It's outperformed commodities, including gold. It's outperformed the stock market. It's outperformed everything on a year-over-year -year basis, right? If you look in little time windows, it varies, but that's sort of what you were talking about before, right? Like, depends on your time frame. If you're trying to make some money in a week, yeah. that's different than trying to make some money over five years. Yeah, just because crypto is very volatile. <laughs> Um, and well, but, but with Bitcoin, it, with it being that baseline, I felt like it's it's with the price of it being as high as it is. It, I mean, of course, if something drops, if you only have a couple of dollars, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you, you're gonna lose. Yeah, but even if you but, dollars you know um you can still take a loss yeah you can and take a big loss but I it's how how much it's i think it then becomes how much are you okay with losing even though you know it's going to bounce back and i think that's that's something to keep in mind because a, a loss isn't always necessarily a loss because it's okay it might be a loss a, a dip down for you to buy in again yeah and, and that so, is what you should be that's how you should be looking at it at yeah. this point depending on what you have you know you know you got what you got yeah. you know it is what it is like you said bitcoin is safe it's stable you know if you know that you have that you know when it drops down like that that's your opportunity to buy more it's on that, sale. If, even if you bought high right because mm -hmm. you have some people that bought really high when Bitcoin was at 50,000. So it's people that bought in at 50,000 and then maybe weeks later it dropped down to 20,000. Those people, even who had a lot of money into it, they still felt it, right? They're still alive. But they, but but see, here's the thing: it it has to level out. So what happened is you buy in low, and then at some point you can get some type of balance to your portfolio. You can mm -hmm. get some type of balance to what you have bought. So I think that that is, um, you know, one of the main things that people need to understand. That isn't a time to sell. You don't want to sell once you bought that high and it drops, and you trying to hurry up and get your money out. No, Bitcoin you don't want to do sale. that. You don't. You don't want to do. That. <laughs> get, get those clearance prices. <laughs> so with that being said, I do encourage people to, you know, um, when it dip, you you like to eat some, get some dip. You know, I love dip. I like <laughs> chips and dip. dip, you know. That's my time to shine. That red look at mighty and, green. And I can say this, though, for me, it's been times where I'm like, please let it go down some more. Please. Let, just because I had some extra money and I didn't want to buy it that high. Please, please, please let it go down. You wait on it to hit that pot. You know. <laughs> so. You know, people know. You know, you know what you know. So, um, and if you don't know, you ask someone or you watch. 
<laughs> Were you watching? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so the one thing I want to point out from what you were saying, um, especially when it comes to like the volatility part, right? And volatility is your friend when you're an investor, right? Um, especially in a shorter time frame. So maybe define that, right? You have very short-term trading. That's called like day trading. That's when you're looking at like either less than 24 hours. Many people are looking at like second over second, right? Ooh, that's scary. It is very scary, and almost everybody loses in that. It's a very skilled thing. It's not something you're not going to watch from YouTube videos. You know, yeah. no matter how confident they make you feel, you're not watching YouTube videos, and you're going to be good at that. That you're not. You're you're competing against literally chatbots, like little robots. AI. Right, and now powered with AI. Um, then you have a bigger time frame. This is called swing trading, right? Um, this is what I. When I do any trading, I'll do swing trading. That's bigger. I'm not looking for shorter than the time frame days. Usually any positions I do, I'm looking at um, anywhere from like one to six weeks, right? So if I'm going to put some money into something here, I'm good with waiting six months. I'm looking at more of this macro trend, yep. right? And then there's investing. Investing is when you're going to put your put your purchasing power someplace, and you're not looking to for that to do anything for at least a year, right? You're not looking to have access to that purchase power for at least a year. Um, a lot of long-term investors really are like five years plus, right? So 401k, people have heard of that. That's what they force you to put money into uh, when you have a job, but that's long-term, right? Yeah. That you're looking at, um, yeah, jobs. Um, <laughs> so when you talk about volatility, right? And the reason I use Bitcoin as a standard and to separate Bitcoin from crypto in, in that manner, Bitcoin specifically, um, you don't see that volatility. That that volatil the volatility people talk about doesn't really exist. It exists in short term for time frames, but if you look at a chart, um, I don't know if we got the sharing working yet. Um, I can share my screen. I don't know, can you see the screen from over there? All right, um, once we go, is it up? All right. Um, so, like what we're looking at right now, and I can hide all the little numbers, and let's make this big. Um, uh-oh. No, I don't want to load a strategy. I just want to look at, hold on, I've lost myself. I don't know where I went. Uh, here we go. Go in here. Maybe if uh, Nick knew how to really work his magic here boom get rid of this boom oh. all right there we go got it there we go too many things so what you're looking at here this is we're at trading view a website called trading view okay. um this just lets you know prices of things assets right mm -hmm. so this is the price of bitcoin we're looking at all the way back to like 2012 mm -hmm. and then right here would be today so 2012 today. Now, yes, there's a bunch of little volat volatility. But if we, right now, every single one of these bars right now represents one week. I'm about to change that so every single one of those bars represents one year. So same chart. We're just looking at every single one of these as one year. So still volatility, but you're telling me, right, this is what 
this is what when you hear people say like uh, it's the best performing asset this is what they're talking about year over year if it's green it means the year started ended higher than it started red means the year ended lower than the year started and so for year over year we're going just sort of up only when they uh, um, when they try to talk to you about volatility, they start looking at, I'm gonna change every single one of these sticks to be looking at a single day. So now when you're looking at a day, it looks chaotic. And this is what they'll try to show you with something, right? Like, oh man, look at that, look at that price drop. It's like, yes, but zoom out, right? And so when you do that, now you try to take that and compare that. What are you really looking at? The other last thing is like, what are you really looking at here? Is this the price of Bitcoin going up? Not really, because it's like inflation, right? What it is is how much Bitcoin you can buy for a dollar is going down. This is a dollar crashing, not Bitcoin going up. And when you when you do the same thing for a stock market, so we can look up the. Uh, I already have it up over here. Um, I thought we had it up over here. I can look up uh, Nasdaq. Um, that's the I see. So this is like your tech stocks. It's the same thing, right? Prices going up. This is not necessarily stock market going up. This is how much per, how much tech stock you can buy for a dollar going down, right? But then you take that. We'll say we'll look at Bitcoin versus BTC USD versus the NASDAQ. So now what you're looking at is you got purchasing power. This is the rate of Bitcoin versus NASDAQ. If investing in NASDAQ was better, the chart would be going downwards, right? And so when you hear them say outperform, so this is true with Bitcoin in stock markets, real estate, gold, everything. Yeah. So it becomes a golden standard sort of of when I'm talking about what I'm trading in. So let's go to like an XRP thing, right? You can look at, this is Masari. It's a, just an information data website that I like. Um, this is just a bunch of infrastructure things. Um, and I know there's a lot going on in this chart here. But the thing to focus on is, let's just focus on, let's look at XRP. If you were to look at XRP going backwards, right? If you, this is from the top to beginning of the year, versus a dollar, if you put your money in XRP in 2021 in January and December, you would have made 249% more dollars, right? Um, one year ago, and this is why I price things in Bitcoin though. One year ago, if you're looking at a year time frame, if you would have bought XRP, um, then today you'd be up a half percent. Had you put your money in Bitcoin though, you'd be up an extra 28%. XRP is down 27% compared to buying Bitcoin in the past year. It was in the past 90 days though, right? Mm -hmm. XRP is up 3% versus the dollar, but it's up 20% almost, 19% versus Bitcoin. Yeah. So in the last 90 days, if you're looking to, but these are sort of going into that swing trading type thing, right? You'd be better off putting your money into something like XRP versus Bitcoin, right? Because um, it's outperformed. And so these are the things you'd want to look at 
when you're doing those types of investment. A lot of people just buy hype trains, right? They'll get on like a Doge. I heard Doge, that's it. Everybody's buying Doge. Again? Well, no, not yet. Oh, I was about yeah, to no, say. I, I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> although, that was a fun hype, That though. was a good time. That was a fun <laughs> That hype. was a good time. I, I'm not going to lie. And, and well, the, yeah. the Elon tie, too, to, to add know, a little razzle-dazzle. You know, it's it was, all good. Yeah, it was you cool. know, um, It is volatile, but it's fun. You know, it's like, regardless to what, what we did see with this chart, regardless if you put your money into XRP, Bitcoin, it is outperforming the dollar. The your dollar yeah. does not, your dollar, if, once you have it, all you can do with it is spend it. It does not, it's the only thing, yeah. you know, it, 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 you know, you can put money under a mattress all you want. It's not going to make you more. Correct. Yeah. It's just going to, you know, that, when you get there, the walls, it may or may not be back, <laughs> depending on who you live with. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So we, so we have to, you know, um, just I, I just encourage people to get into the investment. This is so much fun, Nate. So, it's always good talking to you. So oh, I have a, I, I'm just running through this in my mind, right, timeline-wise. And this may may even be an ignorant thought because I haven't thought it all the way through yet. But so I'm... I'm already thinking this before you know conversating with you guys or whatever and you're mentioning to the crash of the dollar and in my mind i feel like the dollar only hasn't or i feel like the dollar has already crashed they just haven't announced it yet because they kept printing money um but what happens once that dollar crash cra like officially crashes then is it a matter of how do you then um, buy into other markets without that dollar, without that dollar infrastructure? Like, what does that look like? So, like, right now, the dollar is considered the world reserve currency, right? Um, it is the biggest rug pull ever. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. it runs in cycles, right? There's these, like, uh, uh, Ray Dalio. Um, Diallo, Dalio, yeah, he um, had like an investment thesis he released, um, similar about the dollar, right? And well, about any money and how a global reserve currency lasts for about 200 years. It's we're reaching about the 220 year mark with the U.S. Um, what is you know this turns into a what is money thing like what is money really it's just something that a small group of people agree will maintain value right yeah. we can make seashells money we can make gold money we can make paper money that's why bartering works right yeah. um so as the dollar crashes the question just becomes what becomes the next thing right where does society in general global society decide to shift that to and this is where sort of the debate is right some people think it might go back to gold i don't think so i think a little bit will but gold's already been proven not to work I, I, not, not anymore not in a global society because yeah, I, I mean nobody's going to go in their backyard and get gold exactly so, and i i personally felt like thinking about it in that sense is it's going to come down to uh what can you do Mm -hmm. what, what do you have and what can you do? So it will be more, I mean, I guess, yeah, it would be more of a, a bartering world. Bartering will become more popular, but then also with the with the uh, digital crypto world becoming more prominent, it will be that as well. I think if those two worlds would collide and, and that would be the next big boom. It would be more service for service. And then when it comes down to monetarily, it would be not dollar for dollar anymore it's you know exchange for exchange and whatever uh crypto service or bitcoin digital transaction that you use 
Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if it would be barter because we were sort of lied to when we were growing up, right? There's no society, no major society has ever existed that lived on barter. Yeah, it would be, um, I was about to say it would it's, be it's both too hard to do. Have to collide. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. barter's too complicated. When you start thinking about even service for service, it's like, well, I need your service, but you don't need mine. But you need chance, and now I got to find a way to barter for her, to barter with you. It becomes complicated, right? It becomes more of a debt. It's easier just to do debt, right? Like, all right, well, you owe me, I owe you. But that's sort of how money sort of started. Oh, I'm printing some IOUs. I got y'all. Well, you that's what, that's what, this is what the problem with the fiat is. It's just yeah. printing IOUs. Print what the dollar IOUs. does. I don't know if we're going to go backwards to bartered or, um, you know, um, gold. Like, I think it's going to be some. Like we're going into a, a new world, you know, or we're, you know, we're we're already here, right? Yeah, but it's, it's kind of what is that? I don't think it's gonna like? be. I think it's gonna be crypto. Like I really believe that, you know, the new food stamps. If you're, you know, low income, it'll be crypto, or you know, like how crypto. I mean, how food stamps used to be the little paper book. Then it went to the card, and I think everything is gonna just change. That's what I think. That's what I need to happen. <laughs> That's what I say. That's what works best for me. That's yeah. what works best for me, if anybody's listening. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be, it's, there's two ways to look at it. You got to look at that individual level, right? I got to eat every day. And that's where barter might work, right? Like, for small things, it might work for a community-based thing. Yep. Um, yep. But then you'll, you'll probably find they lean more towards community dollars, right? Um... And then it'll probably be a basket because you got to look at a nation state. If if you're a country like, I like to use Germany as an example, they're one of the strongest economies in Europe. Um, they've just, they're, they're leaving, right now their reserve currency again is the dollar. So the euro is still sort of, everything's tied to the dollar because oil's tied to the dollar, right? Yeah, um, so if you're Germany though, we, you see what happened with this Russian-Ukraine war where the U.S. unilaterally decided um, to take Russia off of all the payment rails, right? Yeah. This wasn't like a global decision in the whole world and all the financial, all the central banks got together and like, no, let's take China off. The U.S. was like, no, we're kicking them off. And now if you're a country like Germany, you probably agreed with that decision, but you're like, wait a minute, you didn't even ask us. You didn't even ask us. Yeah. And so we bully. agree it should have happened to Russia maybe, but now what's stopping if we piss you off Hmm. What's stopping you, you from doing us. it to us? Hmm. So they're not going to keep investing into dollars. And this is where the... Bricks um, and all that comes Well, in, that's where people start talking about bricks, but what is bricks? That's bricks just, is just another... It's the same thing re remade. Same thing remade. They, they don't trust the U.S. They're going to start trusting China now? No. No. That won't last long. <laughs> and when it comes to gold, they've already you've already seen the rug pull that will happen in this global economy world, right? That's why I agree with you. We can't go backwards because we're not backwards. A hundred years ago, there wasn't the, the, the global connectivity there is today. There wasn't the Internet. And this is sort of what cryptocurrencies are sort of generated to do is how, if you're in a digital world, right, how do you tr how do you transfer uh, digital value natively? We know how to do communication, digital communication natively, right? If I want to send you a message, I can send you a text or an email. But that's all digital, right? I'm not writing you an email and then the post office is decrypting the email, yeah. writing a paper letter, yeah. sending it over someplace, re-putting it back in. Yeah. But that's what we do with money. Yeah. You send somebody a cash app or a PayPal, that's literally what you're doing. You're yeah. saying, I want to do this. PayPal goes back to the paper money system, right? 
So you need a digital way of transferring that value instantly what across swaths vast of land. Mm -hmm. That's what crypto promises. And it doesn't have to just be money. It can be anything of value. It's really about property. You have digital property now. Mm -hmm. How do you transfer digital property? Right. Um, and again, that comes into, so when you're going to put your money in, though, do you do you do the digital train tracks hmm. or do you do the digital train companies right which one's going to make money and you have to be able to pull out speculation because hmm. everyone's <laughs> maybe that's a that's a balanced thing right you can say i'm going to try a little i'm going to do a little of this i'm going to do a yeah. little of that have you have your meals and then your your desserts Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it. Why not have it all? I mean, if you can have it all, you know, if you got if you got room for dessert, I I, I would say you know don't be as gluttonous to to eat so much in a full meal that you can't have your your, your cake too after you eat. Right. Have your dessert, have your sweets. Have your piece of candy. Mm -hmm. And now I, I think your piece of candy is is your your companies that you know not necessarily the infrastructure. The infrastructure is your main dish. Right. You you're gonna have that. That's your staple. That's what you know you're gonna to eat off of for however long you know long term but you need that candy sometimes it feels good it's nice to go to the movies every now and then all right yeah definitely so. that's why diets don't work right when you make a punishment diet it's like i'm never gonna eat nothing good again it's like that's not gonna last but on that because of of the implications of what this is um question you brought up sort of earlier right it's like well and both of you sort of brought up like so what, what are they gonna let you do right mm. and the reason um, we want to build permissionless peer-to-peer -peer censorship resistant networks right that's um, you know permissionless you don't have to ask anybody's permission to, to get it or to use it censorship resistance they can't easily just take it away from you um, peer to peer, you don't need a middleman, right? If I want to transact with you, I can transact with you. I don't have to ask somebody in the middle to help us, right? So if you want those three things, that's that takes away power from a whole lot of people. And I've had that power for a very long time. Well, yeah. And to take that away and to build that. Well, at the end of the day, we still live in, uh, not to go all meme-ish, but we, we still live in a society, right? And <laughs> you're still going to have, and you mentioned regulation, when you mentioned regulations, you're still going to have governments, you're still going to have all these things. So then it becomes, there's this um, Bitcoin teacher named Andreas uh, Antonopoulos, and he has this great speech called Can't Verse Won't, right? And it really comes down to that. It's like... Mm if you're going to build this kind of infrastructure, right, it has to be a can't. When the government comes and says, shut it down, you can't go to them and be like, I won't. Oh, yes, you will. They're right. going to find a way. Yes, you will, right? But if you say you can't, you know what I mean? If, if, if uh, you put something in a lock, you, want, you put something in this theoretically unbreakable safe, and only one key can open it. And you lock it, and then you take the key and you destroy it. And then somebody says, come open the safe. You can't, right? Fair. You can lock my family up. You can bat, bat me in the knee with a wrench all you want to. I cannot open this thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, well, I hid the key. Well, tell us where it is. I won't. Yeah. Yes, you will. Yes, you will eventually, right? 
And so when it comes to these investment thesis That's and good. the things on the rails, you want you if you want this to succeed because of the power strength dynamic you're switching, it has to be a can't system, right? Um, it, you, this is why I look forward to like when things like Bitcoin get banned places, when China bans Bitcoin, because you can only ban it once. The second time you go to ban it, all you're doing is admitting you couldn't really ban it the first time. Yeah. What is happening yeah. here? Like, come it's, on. <laughs> because then it becomes, a, it, it becomes the, the power play. It becomes a power play, but it, it's, it's ineffective, right? Yeah. Because you can't stop it. You can stop, like, the U.S. could, which it, it did do, right? The U.S. banned XRP, mm -hmm. essentially, mm -hmm. right? Without, without following any policy or anything. They just, but they banned, but essentially they banned it. it. They scared all the exchanges, so they dropped it. And so if you lived in the U.S., and then most, a lot of Western countries stopped it because they're like, well, if the U.S. is going to ban it, we don't know what's going to happen yeah. because of how the laws are structured. The, you know, the U.S. has long fingers, and so now if you wanted to exposure to XP, so they they could effectively ban it. Um, well, that's the question: Can they effectively ban it now? XRP didn't go to zero. Right, so demand dropped, price dropped as a reflection of that demand, but, still but it didn't go to zero. Therefore, there were still people who, you know, still valued it, still, still used it. it. They banned Bitcoin in China. The exchange volume went down, but the peer-to-peer -peer volume went up. Direct they were still, usage, they still, had it. They were still so going to use we, it. So they can't ban these things. You, it, com it comes well, to a point where it is a can't versus a want. Because if they try it and it's... Now we're right. back relisted. That means you really couldn't do it. This is where like the the Ripple XRP thing comes into. If Ripple, the company, mm -hmm. right, exerts any kind of meaningful control over XRP, the asset, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You absolutely can ban it. Because yeah. there's a company, and with that company, there are humans, and with those humans, <laughs> you can force them to do whatever you want to if you have enough power. Mm -hmm. U.S. government, most governments have enough power. They have enough power. Right? Yeah. But who do you call, and this is why you haven't seen um, necessarily like a Bitcoin or even a Monero, right, mm -hmm. get pulled into court. Who do you pull in the court? Who do you pull in the court? Where did it's it come from? You can it's really grab. nowhere you can like. It, it, I get really deep when it you comes to that. That's you can another throw a show. Tantrum, but that's what another are we show. Do? What are you gonna do? Who do you who do who you do punish? Who do you pull in the court? But, so, but if that's the case, though, on an investment thesis, mm -hmm. right? Well, then how does that make Bitcoin a good investment? Per se. Now, there's a lot of game theory that makes number go up compared to dollars, mm -hmm. but as an investment thesis, right? It's like, well, what is the, just like the internet with TCPIP, this open source free thing anybody can use, email is the same thing. There's this, it's called SM, SMPT, SMTP. Um, that's free, open source, anybody can use it. You don't need Gmail or Yahoo or any of those. Yeah. You can literally, at your house, start up your own yeah. email server and it will work just fine. Yeah. It's a headache, but so where's the money? Where's the investment money in that? Because it's a free, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. The money ends up coming from building that interface, the user interface for that email. The reason you don't use your own email system is because it's hard to set up and then how do you interface, interface with it unless you're a coder? 
right? Mm. Most people aren't coders. Most people aren't coders. So what a Google will come along and do is they'll store it, they'll, they'll spend the money to do the infrastructure, they'll put this really nice user interface up there for you, and then for you, you don't care, yeah, right? Yeah. The same thing can happen to a Bitcoin, right? The same, theoretically, the same thing could happen to an XRP. If these are truly decentralized assets, then there is no what drives the value besides speculation. People can always gamble, but then now you're just talking gambling, right? Or do you put money on, so like, uh, do you put money on companies that are looking to make Bitcoin custody easier? They're, tr they're trying to rebuild banks. You're not trying, it's not necessarily about getting rid of banks, it's about rebuilding them in a new image. Mm -hmm. So that's what like a lot of Bitcoin companies would be doing. XRP's thing would be more about how do you do that rail system? How do you let um, these financial institutions talk to each other? It's just a communication channel, right? So it's almost like how they were, instead of already having the banks, I said, okay, well, since we don't necessarily have like the physical banks yet, it is a digital currency. Let's at least put satellite banks, which are your ATMs, right. where you can make those Bitcoin transactions and, and exchanges there. Correct. Even though they are minimal now, but it's it's almost like a pilot program in a way. Yeah. So where if you're looking, to, let's say you're looking at a one-year investment thesis, it's like where is it better for you to put your money? Um, you know, I'm a, like a Bitcoin mostimist. So the question I got to ask: Do I buy Bitcoin, the asset, right, and wait for market supply dynamics to drive the purchasing power up? Because I'm not really concerned about the dollar value because we just talked about the dollar's really crashing. How how much car can I buy with my Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and 10 years ago, one Bitcoin, well, one Bitcoin wouldn't have bought you a pizza. It took about 10,000 Bitcoins <laughs> to buy you a pizza. Now, it, uh, 10, 000, one Bitcoin will put your down payment on the house. So it went from not being able to buy you a slice of pizza to now it can buy you a house, And right? that is what I'm hoping for with XRP. That's what everybody's sort of yeah. hoping for, you for know? whatever they invest into is, is maintaining that purchasing power, right? And so, but the question for me is, am I better buying the asset for you? Is Are you better buying the XRP, the asset, or am I better as a, Bit, as a Bitcoin, or am I better going to investing into these Bitcoin mining firms? Because Bitcoin uses this process of mining, right? Um, that's infrastructure still, but it's physical, right? I need a person who's going to buy a miner, plug it in. Now they're trading on the stock market. So is it better for me to put my money there? They both believe in Bitcoin, but where do I see the purchasing power really going, right? Or do I build in some other business building on a Bitcoin network or for you an XRP network or maybe a diversified thing where you're doing a little bit of everything? Yeah. Is there a... Because I know that there's, you know, there's, there's limits to to a lot of things, right? And even when you're looking at XRP and we're comparing it to uh, train tracks and things, right? Or, or basically like a foundation, right? Almost like this this place that we're in now, almost the, the pipes, like you were saying earlier, the pipes, the, the, you know, the fans, the lighting, the floorboards, that's XRP, right? But we can only have so many floorboards. People are gonna walk in and out of this place all day long, but are the floorboards, is all the infrastructure, is it best to, I mean, of course, but 
is it best to always invest in that stuff early on? Because once that's then once the lights come on, once that switch flips, the price will skyrocket. Yeah, but then after that point, you're only going to be building so many more tracks. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You know, so now it becomes the 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 people that are coming in, or the trains that are on the track, or the companies that are yeah. like you were talking about that now become that fast-moving, uh, I guess, money-making power structure versus mm -hmm. the, uh, the XRP. Now th now these become your oligarchs right. in a way. These become your big dogs because they were here in the beginning. They helped lay down the foundation. So, of course, when that light came on, you know, they're the ones who have that big purchasing power. Whereas right. people coming in later, you've got purchasing power. It's just not as much as the people before you. Right. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true, and that's always going to be true. A big mis misnomer people have about um, I hear all the time with like Bitcoin is like, well, I've I've, I've missed it, right? Or um, only rich people will buy it. And well, f well, first of all, yeah, you haven't missed it because what you're really talking about is purchase power. You might have missed how many dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you might have missed how many dollars you can trade that for. But if you're, that's what you're doing, you're here for the wrong reason, yeah. anyway, to me. Um, and. What what Bitcoin, crypto in general, what none of it fixes is wealth inequality. It fixes access to wealth. It doesn't fix wealth inequality, right? Mm. And so and this is things about people don't realize. Um, you take like black folks in the U.S. or women historically, or you know, there's a lot of subgroups you can talk about um, where it's not just. Uh, um, having the wealth it's like how do i even get it mm -hmm. you know redlining is a thing still a thing today um they do it with the internet now with redlining yeah. right um these systems build a way where you don't have to ask for access anybody can have the access but i can access it just like can, uh, elon musk can access it and he has more purchasing power overall than I do, so he can purchase more of whatever asset we're talking about than I can. Bridging the gap. Hmm? Would you consider this bridging the gap? Like, because if, if I can get something that Elon Musk can get, and I have a significantly amount less than he does, like, with that, is that what they call bridging the gap when they uh, refer to crypto? I think you, I think you can consider that because one of the reasons. Um, and like we're saying, Elon, I'm not saying necessarily this is his direct measure of how he made money, but people who have wealth, right, a lot of wealth, usually that was occur occur um, accumulated by stopping anybody else from getting it. So in the U.S., the Homestead Act of 1860, whatever, right? when they opened up the West and it was basically, if you were a white man, you, get that land. Uh, you had to be a man, you could go out there, all you had to do was lay, like stop there, build something on it, it's yours. Now land is limited in supply, so that's gone now. So now that women have access to that, people who aren't white have access to that, um, there's no land left. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, that's not funny, y'all. That's terrible. No, but that's how it worked. That's, I mean, how, that's how it, it went. And, and so now when you buy mm. land, you're still paying property taxes. Oh, for sure. You still don't really own it in a well, way. You own the land, but you're, you're still paying somebody to have and it. And let you not pay, then what happens? Then they take it. Oh. Correct. So who owns it, really? Well, that's true with anything physical. This is yeah. why, again, if you're living in a digital world, this is why gold doesn't really work. It's not portable. Like, if you live in a country that has mass hyperinflation, 
and your dollar today drops 80% in three months, right? You could be smart and offset load that into gold, but if, you're, if your currency is dropping like that, then your country is probably dropping like that too. And if you, gotta, if you have the means to convert the dollars in the first place into gold, you probably don't want to stay in the country. You probably have the means to leave the country. Yep. But now that you got all this gold, how do you get across the border? They don't let you across the border with gold. Most countries, I don't think most places, you can't leave the U.S. with more than like $1,500 to go to most places. Cash, they're yeah. taking that. Yeah. Or taxing the hell out of it. Super tax. Right. What are you doing? So now you look suspicious. <laughs> how do you transport that value? If it's land, you're locked to a specific area with that land. So even if you don't have the, they're taking it from you. If you don't like what's happening in that society and you want to go to a different society, you can't bring that land with you. Right? So your wealth stays there. Your wealth gets locked there and you're locked there, right? So that's, again, this is sort of the idea of the crypto. It's digital. We have digital property. We have digital assets. They're working on doing real-world assets that you can tokenize, right? So you can represent that in a digital fashion, and it, it does allow you some more movement. But when you're talking about anything real-world asset, at the end of the day, it's sort of the driving the point home. The Somebody can take it from you, right? Then it's a won't situation. If you're investing into something, uh, you might uh, you might want to if it's truly decentralized and it's truly peer to peer and everybody sort of has access to it. There's not much to invest in necessarily. Like I said, there's only so much before you've just watered. Like I, right, the bitcoins, gold is a good example. Gold. If you bought a thousand dollars worth of gold in like 2002. Today, of purchasing power, you'd still have about $1,000 of purchasing power. Gold price is pretty much flatlined, right? It's not that accumulation of wealth like it used to be decades before, especially. That's the real definition of a stable, you know, yeah, situation yeah, gold like is pretty that. Stable. It's just stable, you know? But, you know, we're in, in the U.S. we're in hyperinflation, so it's not even outperforming inflation most times now. Gold, you're losing that purchasing power to inflation because gold, if you're valuing it in dollars, Gold is doing maybe two, two and a half percent, right? Uh, it's keeping up with a two and a half percent inflation rate, but we just had a 3.8 percent inflation rate. So you really lost 1.6 percent, yep. right? Um, yeah, so you need something that you can't do, which which becomes this argument for your, your non-infrastructure investments in crypto. You still want to have that digital, like lending, right? Lending's not going anywhere. This is how economies sort of work, right? You don't have the m money capital to purchase something when I start a new business. You either got to work all the time it takes to work to build up the money, or you get a loan, right? And so that's finance and all that. Who's going to give you a loan? Well, now we're talking about permission systems again. But with crypto, you can have these, you can theoretically have these um, more decentralized, uh, I like the word, you know, we call it DeFi, decentralized finance. That doesn't exist. It's a good idea, but it doesn't exist. But we do have open finance, okay. right, where you can see everything that's happening. The problem with a lot of the banks were like the red line and you didn't know. Yeah. Right? That they were cutting you off. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. With open finance, it's all transparent. You can see all of it. This is how, like, the FTX debacle people heard about a couple yep. years ago with the, the current bear market. So FTX is not crypto. First of all, just to be clear with everybody, FTX is a centralized company that utilized crypto to rip people off, but they were a centralized company. It wasn't crypto, but it was they 
delved in open finance. And it was that open finance, being able to see where the money is going, that's what brought FTX down. That, that was them. so slick, though. That was a slick little situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they, you know, they, they weren't that slick. They weren't that slick. Well, they weren't that slick because they worked on this open finance yeah. system, right? And so now you have a thing of, and this is... This goes back and forth, there's no answers here, but like if you're going to invest to the application layer, mm -hmm. right, um, that's sort of what you'd be talking about, like a decentralized exchange, something yeah. people interact with. Um, there are ways you can invest into that, but the problem with most of those is there are few people who hold the keys to it. They try to decentralize, but they're nothing like a, you know, a fully real peer-to-peer -peer network, which means there might be eight of us. We could start our own XRP decks, right? And build it on XRP. And then the four of us here, the five of us here, um, decide to, we're going to all have a key, the secret key to it. So if somebody hacks it or something, we can stop it. But it only takes three of us to sort of unlock the box. Yeah. Well, any three of us can be compromised. That's a very small number. Yeah. We're all geographically located in the same spot. <laughs> so if the government wanted to stop it, all you got to do is talk to three to five people. That's knock it. on three doors. And it's, that's easy, you know, to right. get... Um, and so this is sort of what like, XRP is fighting in court is, is Ripple the key holder? Mm. If it's determined they are the key holder, then it's sort of end of the road for XRP. If they establish... There is no key holder. Well, then that's the beginning, the true beginnings of XRP. Man, yeah. so that ruling is going to be paramount. It's going to be paramount. And, you know, we won't get into the details of the case, but, but the, the uh, government is messing up. If they, Even if they had a case, they're jacking it up severely, which is great because yeah. they don't have really good cases and they're using, you know, they're kind of just grasping at straws in a way. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's it's kind of like when an animal gets cornered, yeah. you know, they're going to lash out. They, they're going to, you know, scratch, bite, whatever. Understood. Yep. And, and at the end of the day, again, when you talk about regulations and it's like, all right, well, when it comes to regulations, what are what's the purpose of a regulation? To protect people from other people, mm -hmm. right? Well, if you really have these decentralized peer-to-peer -peer systems, what people are you protecting me from? Yeah. So you as an XRP holder, if you've, if you've never had the, the mindset that Ripple, the company, mm -hmm. or Brad, the individual, or any of them are, have anything to do with this asset, yeah. then who is the government really protecting you from? Right. They're protecting you from this digital token? Yeah. Right? Uh, with the orange yeah. oranges, thing, they weren't protecting people from oranges. Mm -hmm. They were protecting people from who own the orange grove who were cheating the yeah. people who were buying the yeah. little yeah. plots of land. Yeah. Like you can't not say not that from they're the oranges. They're not. And the SRC is trying to argue that they're protecting you from oranges. Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to fly. Right. Um, so, yes, yeah, where's your, you know, it makes me feel good to think about it. Like when we put it in this analogy and everything, it's like, you know, hey, <laughs> the oranges. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it makes me feel really yeah. good about it because who are you protecting us from? You know, and yeah, it makes me feel really good. And then you have to go with like, do you have a right? Like what rights do you have? Mm -hmm. Do you have the right? If you got 
a, a $10 bill, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that the government has issued that are illegal to purchase, mm -hmm. right? Fair enough. We live in a society. Right, fair enough. Things are illegal. Things, things some things are illegal. illegal. But does but that besides stop you from that, buying it? Well, it never stops you from buying it. Uh. But theoretically, let's just play theoretics. So let's say, okay, mm -hmm. you shouldn't buy it, mm -hmm. right? Fine. Should they have the right to say, well, that thing over there is legal to buy. It's just not legal for you to buy it. No. But they do it every day. Oh, this is the stock market. Yeah, this is what they this do. This is what they do. <laughs> is no, that. they should not be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, they, you no. Know, this is something that happens. They're telling you you're not smart enough. Things that Ain't that something, yeah. That's really what the SEC's lawsuit against XRP is. They're saying they're telling you oh, as an XRP oh, holder, you're not a you're good not enough scammer. You're that, so, so, no, so here's you're not the even thing. A scammer. She's I not totally, smart enough to get scammed. You're not supposed yeah. that. I totally understand it. But see, I understand. Like I, I know that we live in a real world, right? So I get it. You know, it, let's just say crypto is regulated. Uh -huh. You know, where do we go from there? Because I do believe that they are bullies and I do believe that they manipulate and do things like that. So where do we go from there? If crypto is regulated all over the world or all just here, you know, where do we go from there? Because th this could possibly happen as well. We have to look at every angle. Well, this is where I, for me, when I look at investment things, again, I look at what regulation really means. How do you regulate something? I guess I look at things that can't be regulated. If you can regulate it, it's not something I'm probably interested that in anyway because I'm here for the revolution. I'm here so, to, okay. to do peer-to-peer -peer transactions. So we need to, I need to you stand on to that eliminate side. eliminate the middleman. I need to stand on that side. If I, I want to do something and somebody else was, okay, yeah, that's between me yeah. and you. Why do I have to bring in yeah. Uncle Sam yeah. and Bobby and Joe from down the street to come in here and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys can do that. All right. And this is why I got in it. Me personally, this is why I got in it. You know, um, just basically, you know, and I, you've heard about me speaking about uh, bridging the gap. I saw a video, and the video was just explaining it, and it's like, wait a minute. So I am paying a lot in bank fees. Wait a minute. So if I do, you know, like they are robbing us, and they, mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. like this is how you keep the poor poor. Now wait a minute. I don't want to be poor forever. Yeah. You know, I like mean, we may wealth, have a moment where wealth gaps will still be there. Oh, for sure. It's but, you know, I totally get it. I I just want to be on the other but side. But the way that it's the way that it's being done is. They're keeping, you know, they're they're keeping the poor poor. Again, if you if we don't have to talk about crypto. If you look at just, um, like I said, like Anything. like uh, real estate or definitely mm -hmm. with the stock market, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. You're not allowed to participate. You're only allowed. This is the government's protection of you. You're only allowed to get dumped on, yep. because like once you understand trading, like when you're doing any kind of trading, who are you trading against? If you buy, when you buy XRP, who are you buying it from? Right. You're not buying it from Ripple, who theoretically is the issuer, right? You're not buying it from, like, it's not like a grocery store. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you go to Coin, if Coinbase listed again, and you're not buying it from Coinbase, you're buying it from another person. Yeah. They're just, it's like a big old swap meet, right? You're just buying stocks. You're just buying from another person. Which but how they keep the poor poor, the point of that is what they'll do is, you know, um, I got my company and I want to go public. I want, I want to, I want to huh. go public with it. The first thing I'm going to do is go to a bunch of private people yep. and give them access to the shares. Raise early. the money, give them access. Yeah. Then I'm going to go out and promote it and market it. And I need to give, get a bank on board to help me do that. Price That's part of the whole out. thing. Well, it's not pricing them out. It's just boosting the price up. So like when Facebook listed, right? Facebook, when that went public, I think it, it 
I think uh, day one peaked at around $38 a share. But who are you buying for you? Mm-hmm. Who are you buying the shares from? You're buying it from somebody who bought it for like two dollars yeah. a share, yeah. and they're dumping it. They made thirty-six dollars, and they're dumping it on you. Just like that. And because they're all dumping it on you, supply and demand, the supply is going up, so the price is going down. And you buy it for thirty-eight bucks. I made if I sold it to you, I made thirty-six dollars, and now you got to sell it to somebody for twenty-two dollars because you got dumped on. Yep. This is the protection. This is how they're keeping the poor poor. They're not letting you have access to the two-dollar price yep. unless you're already part of the rich club. Yep. This is why I look at things like crypto because um, if you have any networks that are truly in that peer-to-peer space, decentralized space. I'm not I'm not getting dumped there are a lot of people who are getting dumped on right dogecoin people were dumping on people <laughs> with dogecoin there's a lot of dumping that happens with this yeah um but it, you know if you know what you're looking at oh yeah i remember Shiba that one. Was a dump. like that whole the whole economics of sheep but this is sort of why it's <laughs> like knowing what you're investing in sort of makes sense like shibu's investment thesis was they were going to print i don't remember how many tokens they printed i'm going to say it was like a hundred billion they took crazy. like 50 billion of them and gave them to vitalik buterin the guy who one of the guys who started ethereum the whole thesis if you bought she knew your whole investment thesis was well vitalik won't dump them and so we know half of the supply is locked up we're safe because vitalik probably won't dump them so you're good vitalik dumped them <laughs> he gave them out for charity and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like this is your investment thesis. It's a, it's not very smart, right? And this is with the SEC. We'll try to come in and use cases like that to be like, see, you need protecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a case, but you still really don't. Well, right. I think you have the right to make the stupidest investment in the world. Just don't, you know, you don't also have the right for to come and ask the government or the people to bail you out after you made that dumbass decision. Okay. Right. That, that And that's where it's like, that's okay, it. you have a case. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but that's on them. Yeah. Let it be on them. Correct. That's, yeah, that's just, that, I mean, to me, that's just the end of that. Let that be on them. That's yeah, well, make sure you uh, make sure you vote for somebody who has that same philosophy because that's not where we're at. <laughs> that's not where we are at. That's not where we're at at all. Um, so yeah, if you well, no matter what you're doing, if you're looking into getting into any of the crypto stuff, that's what I would advise: is a study what you're doing, um, figure out there's infrastructure, and then there's applications. You know what I mean? Figure out why you're investing, what time window. Again, if you're only doing a day, like if you're trying to be a day trader or something, it doesn't really matter what you're investing into. It doesn't matter, and this is true, crypto or not crypto. If all I'm doing is looking to, if you're a hustler on the street, you don't give a shit what you're selling. Can I get rid of it before the end of the day? I don't care what the effects are in five years. Mm-hmm. This, I'm not building a business off this product, yeah. right? I'm flipping it real quick. But if you're going to be an investor, you're looking to actually protect your your purchasing power. You need to be much smarter with where you put the money. You need to look at things like, is my purchasing power better in dollars? Is it better in Bitcoin? Is it better in real estate? Is it better in XYZ? Whatever. And then put it there. You know what I mean? Um, 
and figure out, you know, take a historical look. I've taken some looks. Like when it comes to crypto, I actually think infrastructure is the place to go. You know what I mean? Um, at least for now. And it could be, whichever one of you said that, that I think it was you, the, the thesis of um, eventually that'll flatline. And it probably will. Like even Bitcoin. I'm a Bitcoin. I'm a Bitcoiner. I don't think the price is going to go up forever. Because eventually it'll be like gold. It will be stable. It'll be a stable place yeah. to keep your purchasing power. It's fine. You get in it. Right. So my long-term wealth, I put into Bitcoin. That's infrastructure. The short-term stuff, I look for things that it would be peer-to-peer um, that allow open transactions and permissionless access to, to things. Um, that can't be can't be shut down, right? They can be regulated. So your government can always tell you, just don't touch it. But you let it. <laughs> but, you can't. But, but we're not, as, as much as some conspiracy theorists would like to have you believe, we're not in a single world order. No. Which is, the, our governments can't get along good enough no. to, to form an inner circle of power. Fit. Yeah, they can't. They just okay. they don't like each other enough to do it. Hence why you see all the world issues I'm now. That's You know? Right. I'm glad you said that. Yep. Um, so that being that, I think we'll uh, tie up for today. Um, this was Savvy Saturdays, a Web3 Wealth series. So the idea being every, uh, the what's this, the second and fourth Saturday every month, we'll come back out and talk something investment. We're either, our focus is always in crypto investing and avoiding scams and pitfalls to help you keep your wealth, right? Expand your wealth, keep your wealth, and then come for the riches, stay for the revolution. So thank you guys for coming out and talking with me. Thank you so much for having us. We're here all the time. Um, if you're checking us out uh, after, come hit us up. Uh, where can you hit us up? I don't know. We haven't really set this up. This is our first episode. We're, we're, we're working on it. Leave a comment in the YouTube and uh, let us know what you want to hear about. All right. Till later. Peace. Bye.